Like, no, no. It's, I mean, I, I didn't get to watch past like the second episode. It's intense, though. Because uh, my wife caught me watching it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, why are you watching that? And I was just like. <laughs> like turned it off like it's porn. <laughs> right. I, I fucking fumbled the remote. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> She was like, don't watch that, it's sick, and this and that. And I was it like, it is a little sick. Yeah, and you know, um. Okay, so welcome to another episode of The Least Favorite. I'm Natalie. We have Anthony with us as always, and today we have a special guest. DJ Omanaya is in the building. All right, so I would say you're a celebrity, right? Do you consider yourself a celebrity? No, not at all. All right. When I first met you, I'm like, wow, this guy's so chill. He's so laid back, humble, quiet. And then one day I was just talking to you and you casually mentioned like, oh, yeah, I'm a boogie's DJ. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, what? How you just dropped that in a conversation so casually? And then you're like, yeah, and I was Wendy Williams DJ, too, for like 10 years. I'm like, what? So you need to come on the pod and talk about this. But I think you wanted to come on the pod just to, like, talk about regular shit. And I really wanted to start off with, like, A Boogie. Like, I'm a huge fan. And I'm actually tight because my best friend is usually, um, she's on the episodes with us. And she's a huge A Boogie fan. So when I told her I was interviewing you, she was really excited. But um, how did that even come about? Like, that relationship? How did y'all meet? Like, So, um... I've been in the industry for a long time, worked with a lot of people. Uh, and then one of my guys, um, DJ Booth, which is another DJ for, um, he DJs for Fab and Nicki, Nicki Minaj mm-hmm. and um, the Wendy Williams show. So we were like under the same management, shout out to Fresh um, at the time. And we just always had different opportunities with our careers. And um, at the time, Fab's old manager was managing Boogie. Okay. And... Um, Oof couldn't do Boogie's show, so he was like, yo, I got somebody who could work with Boogie. He's from the Bronx, too, and then, you know, pretty much introduced me to that situation. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, I interviewed um, Boogie and Don Q on Sirius XM with Superstar J oh, wow. and Gray Rizzi. So I already had met them. Yeah. I just didn't never think about working with them. Right. And um, after I did a couple of shows, it just, like, they were like, yo, we want you to be his DJ. Mm-hmm. And it worked out. So how long have you been his DJ? Like it's how been many years? Over six years now. Like it's probably about to go on seven years. And you've been traveling the world with him, right? Literally, like from Hawaii to Australia and everything in between. What's the favorite like your favorite spot that you've been to so far? Um on tour. Definitely like London. Love London. Yeah. Love Toronto. Um, Vancouver, mm-hmm. uh, Dubai, and oh, Australia. Wow. Damn. Those are like my favorite places to be. What any, is, I was gonna say, was there any place that let you down where you wanted to go and like, damn, it didn't live up to your expectation? Um, didn't let me down, but New Zealand was beautiful, but mm-hmm. it wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be. Gotcha. As far as like nightlife and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but New Zealand is beautiful. The people are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the nightlife, it was super calm. Yeah. Super calm nightlife. What is his like? demographic in those places though like you know what i mean like new zealand australia like i wouldn't even think a rapper from the bronx would like you know what i mean it's yeah it's it's kind of crazy because everywhere we go we never know what the fan base is going to be even in the u.s Mm -hmm. like we've gone to shows where the kids are like five years old Mm -hmm. we've gone to places where the fans are Mm -hmm. 60 
wow. like 60 year old women really rapping his lyrics and we're like what the hell that's amazing but then there's like you know when we go overseas like some of the people don't even know english mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like we were in prague we weren't even performing in prague we were just it was like a layover to go to germany yeah and we were in the airport and some kid just ran up to him like boogie 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 and we was like he couldn't even say a boogie and he knew who he was and, and the father ran over like kid loves you like trying to talk to us we didn't couldn't understand him yeah but we would like he still boogie still didn't get it like that's crazy like where are we again yeah i'm like bro we're somewhere in like russia or something i don't even know where we at right now but that's the, like he's still humble like that though yeah what made you get into deep like did you see your career turning out this way like what was your dream as a child? Like, who, you know what I mean? Like, how did you get here? Um, I don't know. I just, like, as a kid, you know, between my parents, they always played music in the house, getting ready for work. Mm -hmm. and Spanish you know, music? Everything. Mm. Like, my dad is Dominican. My mom is Puerto Rican. Mm. But my father and my mother both listened to both English and Spanish yeah. music. So. Marvin Gaye would be playing in the morning or like, you know, classic R&B mm -hmm. and soul music. Mm -hmm. But then in the Saturdays and Sundays, they're playing house. salsa and mm -hmm. merengue. And, yeah, yeah. Bachata. You know. <laughs> well, back then, bachata wasn't really like, you know. But um, that's how I got that. And then I just loved the music growing up all yeah. together. And from that, it graduated to, you know, trying to make music or like DJ and uh, a friend of mine who I used to play baseball with, mm -hmm. shout out to my man G Storm. That's who teach me how to DJ. Mm -hmm. We played Little League Baseball, and um, he lived on my dad's block. And after practice, we would go to his crib, like a few of us. His mom would make lunch. We would chill in his room. And he had DJ equipment, and that's how I learned. He just mm -hmm. was like, yo, try it. Yo, you might like it. He's like, you're always playing music. You're always walking around with a Walkman. Mm -hmm. And he taught me how to DJ and just been. And this is the days of vinyls. Yeah, Some like techniques. carrying crates. Like I was like probably like 13, 14 when I yeah. learned how to DJ. And he would get booked for parties. He was a little older than me. Hmm. And um, he would get booked for parties, but like he, we would be in the room. This is when house parties was a thing. Like you would be DJing inside of a bedroom, yeah. and people would be partying in the living room. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't even see the crowd. Wait, why couldn't you be in the living room? There's there was no space. enough space. <laughs> Yo, back then, cause with with vinyl, like right. if someone hit your table, yeah. oh, that needle would jump, and you okay. fucked too. And even like community room parties, like I would DJ, mm. like I would DJ for him or with him, and it'd be like he'll be chilling, be like, "Yo, get on!" Like you know what to play, and I'm like, "All right, cool," and. It just started from there, and just, the rest is history. What was your first job? Like, real job? Yeah. Uh, I was an accountant at 15. Wow. Not a real accountant. Oh, I'm about to say. How like did that Like a junior accountant okay. at a, a housing company, because um, I used to play sports, and there was a program where our coach was a, a manager for, like, a housing company. Mm -hmm. They ran, like, 20 buildings, mm -hmm. and after school, you would go there from, like, 3 to 6, and you would do the rent checks and balances. Yeah. And that was my first job, $50 a week. And then? So you were just DJing like for fun at the time. So yeah, what was, it was like just your a first hobby. like DJ? First first DJ gig was with George. Like I would get booked for Sweet Sixteens, okay. baby showers, private parties, house parties, community rooms. Mm -hmm. And then it just started graduating like as I got older, I was DJing in parks. 
I started getting my own bookings, but I was still underage. So yeah. yeah. Then when I finally got 21, I started doing like lounges. I would start, but I was DJing. I can't lie. I was DJing lounges underage too. Mm, but nobody was like questioning. Nah, I wasn't. Like, sure. That's when there was still like teen parties. Yeah. Like, you could do yeah. 18 a party, 21 a drink. And y'all, rem- I don't know if y'all old enough to remember Jet Set Cafe. There's a spot in the Bronx that used to have like teen parties all the time. I remember Palladium, yeah. New Palladium in New Rochelle. Shout out to Sus I just Sus remember X Bar. Yeah, X Bar. <laughs> That's it. Like That's all I those remember. places, like I would yeah. be involved in all this craziness. So. Oh my God. Wait, so the I, yeah, question yeah. based mm-hmm. off what we were talking about beforehand, because we were talking about like, um, I was saying some people always be like, yo, if you're doing like you're doing your first few gigs or just grinding, learning your craft, it's like, yo, you just got to get paid, get paid, get paid, get paid. But there's value in like just learning and like mm-hmm. marking yourself in, mm-hmm. you know, just setting yourself up for that opportunity. Like when we were just we were yeah. discussing that, like, how do you feel about like that when people are always like, yo, you got to get money right away. Like, just get yeah, it, get no, it, get it. It's like when you go into something with with the mindset of just making money, it doesn't usually doesn't work out. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have the passion or the drive for whatever you're doing, or the skill for what you're doing, right? Sometimes like. you don't even need the skill to be honest. Like, but if you have a passion to learn mm-hmm. or a passion for whatever the thing is that you're doing, the money's gonna come. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, when you do something you love, it's not really considered work. So. Yep. Um. It'll all even out in the long run, but the experience is what you need to be successful. I think something that holds me back with this too, like with podcasting, when it comes to like the branding and the marketing and making money, like starting to make money, it'd be like, when do I know that I'm ready or that I'm good enough to start charging people to come on the show or to start like making merch to sell it? Like that's where I feel like, like how do you know when it's time? You know what I mean? Because we're already like 80, what, 89 episodes in? Yeah, somebody just got to take a leap of faith. And I still feel like, oh my God, I don't do know it. if we're good enough. Like, I be, it's always like a doubt thing. Well, I'll tell you this. You'll never be ready if you're always thinking about when you're going to be ready. Yeah, I agree. So, with me, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, like you guys said, traveling and stuff like that, it's like, I have a family. So, it's like, do I really want to be gone for three months at a time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, is this the time to go? Yeah opportunities here it's time to go yeah you know like you got to do it you can't just wait yeah you know for the time to be right because Mm -hmm. it will never be right there's never going to be a perfect time Mm -hmm. you just got to take advantage of the opportunity while you have it Mm -hmm. and just go take a leap of faith yeah how is that i mean by now you've been touring for years and you've been you know like Mm -hmm. you're solid in this but like how was it in the beginning with your, because you're married, your wife and your kids and everything, right. in the beginning, like, leaving them for a long amount of time, like, was it frustrating? Was there arguments? Like, how was that? Um, yeah, there definitely was conflict, because it's like, she was understanding, but um, in the beginning, it, it wasn't making sense to her. Mm-hmm. But she, Why do you think that was, though? Just because it's like, you're a married person, like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be gone that long. Or, you know, like, you have kids at home, I need help. Yeah. Um, but thank God she was patient Mm -hmm. and supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, but before I got with her, I was touring already. Like shout out to Mickey Fax, um, Lupe Fiasco. Um, I've done like (laughs) Lupe Stan over here. I love Lupe Fiasco. (laughs) So I did like the the Tetsu and Youth tour with um, Mickey Fax and we were like the opening act 
And, um, you know, I, that was like another situation where I was gone like for a week, two weeks. It wasn't nothing crazy like now, yeah. but that was like preparation for what happened. But she was very supportive, so, and she was very patient. But yeah. this definitely was conflict. But you got to compromise and you got to look at a bit of bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, say, yeah. Do you think it's easier, was easier for her when she saw like some like return on the investment coming in? You know what I mean? Like, so some funds coming back and like right. seeing how it was beneficial for you guys together in the long run? Well, to be honest, she doesn't care about any of that. Okay. She's like, she's like, y'all think I'm humble. She don't care about anything. Mm. She don't care about nothing I do. Like for her, she's like, whatever, like get home. <laughs> but you know, like to the, to her friends, like our kids, they, they grew up in it. They, yeah. They're used to it. Mm. But um, when it started making sense for her is when she saw I was a little more happy. Mm -hmm. And then I started trying to balance out the home life and taking her feelings into consideration yeah. mm. and, you know, uh, working on our marriage, right. partnership, relationship mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's when she was like, all right, now, now I feel better. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, so you didn't forget about me. Right, right, right. You went away just because you were going for work and it made you happier, but then it also being away and being happy strengthened your marriage. Kind of, yeah, like not not, not really, saying being away from her, yeah, made it, yeah. but just because that brought it was you more happiness. so it was more so the success of my career, yeah, um, was helping me feel better. Correct. It was making me feel achieved, like you know I was feeling successful. I still feel successful, but um, it was bringing me to a point where I'm like, all right, all the sacrifice is not going in vain. Yeah. Did you know we I mean? speak about this on last episode when I said, what does a man need from a woman? Support. Support. That's a man just needs you to support, like support him, stroke his ego a little bit. And that's all he really needs from his girl. As long as she can be like, yo, do but your you thing. See, and support. in turn was like, all right, but I'm going to still I'm work on my marriage correct. and be a partner. And because she allowed him to have that freedom to ha find his happiness with what mm -hmm. he loved doing. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know what? Damn, now I can let me put my energy back into yeah. my marriage and I'm going to give her whatever she needs and I'm going to be there for her. I'm going to be a better husband for her because she allowed me, she supported me mm -hmm. in what I needed. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I was, yeah, that's because, what I meant yeah, when I said see, it. Like some men wouldn't do that. Some men like get into that mm -hmm. life and it's like, all right, she's there. Like she'll be uh, all right. I'm bringing yeah, money in. I don't have to go tough. back and pour into her when I get back. I don't have to go and like try to. But a good man does. Of course. It's <laughs> like any relationship. It's always going to be full-time job yeah making sure mm -hmm. you know both sides are happy and both sides are meeting in the middle so to speak with you know compromising and what you got to sacrifice because yeah. mm -hmm. yeah. now like our kids play sports some days I'm at home and she has to go take them to basketball yeah and I have to stay home with my youngest daughter mm -hmm. so it's like it's a partnership yeah yeah mm -hmm. it happens you know you're gonna have rough patches and you're gonna have you know Times when y'all breezing. How many kids do you have? So we have, she had two prior to me. Mm -hmm. I had two prior to her. We both with, were with our, our other kids' mm -hmm. um, um, parents for long, like a lot of years. Yeah. And then we got together and we had one together. Okay. So we have five all together. Wow. But yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so, so she, oh wait, real quick though, you mm. met Lupe Fiasco? Like you spoke to yeah, him? Yeah, that's my guy. I love him! Yeah. How is he? Staying over here. I mean, I haven't spoke to him in a couple years. Yeah, but yeah, but like, what was like... Super down to earth. Uh, like, a lot of people don't know how smart he is. He's a genius. And no, he, well, if you listen to his lyrics, I mean, you could tell. On got, top of that, like, triple he's, like, metaphors, he's like, like a super <laughs> duper, like, black belt. Really? Like, he does karate for real. Like, I don't know if it's taekwondo, jujitsu, or... One of those, but he's like like super into that stuff as well. Oh my god, that's amazing! But he's very down to earth, super cool dude. Yeah. Very smart person. Yeah. Very smart person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I love him, Lupe. If you listening, I love you. Okay, I fucking love you. <laughs> All right, switching gears a little bit, I want you to talk about <coughs> Wendy Williams. Like, mm-hmm. how did that come about? That working relationship. So it goes back to um. You know, working with DJ Booth mm-hmm. and uh, my old uh, manager, Fresh. Um, Booth was um, offered the opportunity to do the Wendy Williams show um, years ago, like when she f- was first starting. Yeah. And um, clearly he was working with Nikki and Fab. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there was times when he had to go away. And they were like, we need somebody to be here when you go away. Mm-hmm. He was like, I have the perfect person, my partner, um, Omanaya, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I went, shadowed him a couple of times. Then I did one show, and they were like, you know what? This dude is pretty dope. Yeah. And they were cool with it. Like, he picked up what we do, and mm-hmm. the rest was history. He's 10, 10, 11 years in. That experience of DJing on a show, how does it differ from DJing in, like, Yeah, do you have to play certain like, songs, yeah, you, or you guys have to play what you want? Like, how is that? No, you can play whatever you want. You just, okay. you literally have to create a party or wake people up at, in the studio. Nine in the morning. Like, oh, wow. Oh, That's it's like 9 a.m. People are coming in. You know, some people are excited. Some people are just like, they just want to see Wendy. Right. Mm-hmm. And you got to somehow pump them up, get them like excited or, you know, like turning up. So when she comes out, their energy, the adrenaline is rushing. What would you play? Because I feel like her crowd is like, they're older. It's a, a mix, though. She has people. like, her demographic <laughs> is crazy. Like, yeah, like, it's young, it's old, it's, you know, every. Freaking nationality, yeah. you know, straight, gay, everything. Like, mm-hmm. so, you, have to play so everything. you could literally just play fun music, but you, they don't give us a playlist. Like, yo, yeah. at the time, they didn't give us a playlist mm-hmm. while that show was going on. Like, mm-hmm. yo, here, these are the twenty songs. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You play whatever you want. I would do crazy stuff. We would do dance contests. Mm-hmm. We would do like giveaways. Like, we would play a joke on people. Like, all right, you know, right now, if you're sitting in your chair, dig under your chair, look for a white envelope. Ain't no white envelope under the chair. <laughs> really? But, you know, you do that to just make yeah. them, like, see who's paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then when you do it, you be like, ain't no envelope under that mm. chair. Wake your ass up. Like, <laughs> and then they laugh, and then they start dancing. Yeah. Over. So, you know, it's different things we did. That's huh? cool. Um, you know, like, Wendy Williams is, like, a gossip host, right? And so we want, <laughs> me and Anthony wanted to know, the queen like, of media. Yeah. <laughs> Was there any, do you ever feel like, while you were DJing or watching her speaking, did she ever go too far that you were like, damn, like she's kind of ODing right now or no? Um, I don't think she went too far because a lot of times what she was doing was uh, reporting on stuff that was already out mm-hmm. in the news. And the other side of it was giving her opinion. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a crime either. So yeah. I don't really think she went overboard. But yeah, yeah, yeah. some people take things personal, but mm-hmm. you're a celebrity. Mm-hmm. You have to know what comes with being in the limelight. or mm-hmm. And people are always going to talk about you, whether it's on television, off television, or whatever. She just had a platform and spoke her mind and said mm-hmm. things people were scared to say, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Or things people were thinking. Yeah. 
or what they said behind closed doors. So. Yeah. Which brings us to the topic that I wanted to talk about with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that he mentioned that. All right. So you have your own show yes. on Twitch. Yes. So talk about that a little bit. Promote it. So uh, I'm on Twitch Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern time. Um, I do a morning show. It's called The Morning Breakfast. And then we do different themes every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty much a wake-up show. Yeah. I play music. I do topics. I preach. I pray. Mm-hmm. We play every type of genre you could think of. We do raffles. We do giveaways. Mm-hmm. Sometimes so you might pay dope. for your lunch. Yes, I give away lunch on Fridays. Not every Friday because I'm not rich. <laughs> but I do give away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also do, like, if we have, like, faithful listeners mm-hmm. and somebody's in a hardship, we do collections. We've mm-hmm. given away thousands of dollars wow. to oh. people um, that were, like, either lost their job or were hurting from the pandemic. Mm-hmm or you know needed help with something because they were in a bad space yeah and we don't put the people on front street mm-hmm. it's on them if they want to say what they're going through yeah, yeah. or like their mm-hmm. issues yeah but we never say yo this person needs rent money mm-hmm. i never do that so and i never glorify it so you will never see that on my instagram or yeah. my twitch saying yo i just gave away three thousand dollars to what you call it yeah you don't gotta do all that i don't do that yeah. stuff like i do mm-hmm. a lot of stuff behind the scenes so mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing we do also as a community mm-hmm. for that channel. So Yeah. So Mondays, it's, what is it? Uh, Money Mondays. We promote small business and we try to motivate people to go to work. Because, okay. you know, Monday people always feel like it's the worst day of the it week. It is. Word. Tuesdays, we do Thankful Tuesdays mm-hmm. where I ask people what they're thankful for. I pray, I preach, I, you know, do motivational speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, Wednesdays, we call Wasteline Wednesdays. It's, you know, all type of Caribbean music, Afrobeats, uh, Spanish music, mm-hmm. you know, anything to make you move your waistline. Move your body. Thursdays, we do Toxic Thursdays ding, where ding, we do ding. topics. Natalie's favorite uh, day. <laughs> yeah, we do topics and, you know, we play music and we ask questions. <laughs> and Fridays, we do a TGIF mix, which is get you ready for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Your direct deposit hit, you're feeling good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do the raffles where we give away lunch money or merch. Yeah. All right, so I want to rewind back to the Toxic Thursdays real quick. Because <laughs> you brought up a really good scenario, and I actually wanted to talk about So moving forward, I was talking to Anthony about this over the weekend. And I was telling him that I want to start talking about uncomfortable topics, things that might be a little taboo. Like, I want to start incorporating that into the podcast. Right. So I actually hit you up to ask you if you watched the Dahmer doc so we could talk about cannibalism a little bit, but you thought it was a little weird. No, no. It's, I mean, I, I didn't get to watch past, like, the second episode. It's intense, though. Because uh, my wife caught me watching it, mm-hmm. and she was like, why are you watching that? And I was just like... <laughs> turn it off like it's porn. Yeah. Right. I, I fucking fumbled the remote. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> She was like, don't watch that. It's sick and this and that. And I was it like, is a little sick. yeah. And, you know, um, I don't watch a lot of television. Um, so most of the stuff I do watch is like murder shows or, yeah. you know, First 48, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So it intrigued me about yeah. what he was doing to lure these people. Like, right. just to see the story the behind it. The psychology behind it, too, right. is really interesting. So I was trying to see what it was about. Mm-hmm, and, uh mm-hmm. You know, clearly social media had everybody like, yo, you got to watch it, you got to watch it. So I was like, let me see what it's about. Yeah. But I didn't get past the second episode. Well, I feel like there was still some good talking points even outside of him, like eating people and cutting them up and mm-hmm. all that. Like one of the talking points I guess we could talk about before we get to the toxic topic. We are going to get to it because <laughs> I want to get to it. But one of the talking points for me was like 
when your child comes out, let's say fucked up, right? Okay. When I'm just gonna say, say fucked up. Mental. They have a mental issue. Okay. Or they, maybe your children can surprise you. Like you're like, yo, but I raised you a certain way, and this is what you choose to do, or this is how you conduct yourself in public or in school or whatever, right? Like your children may surprise you in some way. Something that came up a lot in the movie is like this recurring theme of the parents kind of blaming each other. He came out this way because of you. Like, you neglected him. You didn't love him. And the father kind of taking the responsibility on himself. Like, damn, maybe I shouldn't have taught him how to, like, cut up animals when he was little and all that. So the talking point for me was, like, there was a point in the show where Jeff was actually trying to tell his dad, like, dad, I've been having weird fantasies. Like, I want to tell you about what I'm going through. And, like, I think his father, I think his father probably assumed that he was going to tell him that he was gay and that was it. But regardless, like, his father completely cut him off and was like, I'm just going to put you in college. Like, didn't even let him finish. And I just feel like, when do you, as a parent, kind of have to admit to yourself that your child isn't who you think they are? Like, how long are you really going to stay in denial? And then what do you do? Like, it probably could have been avoided if he just let him come to him. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, like, being a father, you always have to have some type of relationship with your kid. Um, you got to have those uncomfortable conversations. You got to, you know, see what your kid is into. Not saying you're going to know everything because kids will never tell you no, they won't. everything. Mm-hmm. We've all been teenagers and young adults or whatever the case, and we will never tell our parents everything. But you still got to be involved with them where they feel comfortable enough to have a conversation with you when mm-hmm. they do get to that point. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, I didn't watch the whole thing, mm-hmm. so I don't know what happened on there. But... Um, I do check on my daughters all the time. I try to be as involved as I can with mm-hmm. them. Try to have a quote unquote like friendship with them. Yeah. Even though I'm not their friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell them I'm your father, but you can talk to me. Um, and that's you know that's all you can do really. Like mm-hmm. kids are gonna choose their own path. Like, yeah. You know your parents are probably like, why the hell are you doing a podcast? That's not, pretty support- yeah, yeah. No, I'm, not, no, I'm just saying mean. in general. No, like, I know what you mean. You know, old school parents think oh, certain yeah. ways, and then you have parents that are more open-minded, mm-hmm. like Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like you just got to support yeah. your kid and whatever they're doing. Like, as soon as you stop supporting them, though, or, you know, having those conversations, that's when they start to just stray away and do whatever. Good. Has there ever been a moment where, like, your children came to you about something? And, like, you overreacted, and then you probably were like, damn, maybe I shouldn't have reacted that way. Or, like, do you try to always contain yourself, even though you want to, like, go off? Nah, you know, with me, um, I'm more of a communication person. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to support you. Mm -hmm. So, whatever you want to do, I'm going to support you, but just communicate with me. Yeah. So, if if you're doing something or you want to be a certain way or go somewhere or whatever the case and you only tell your mom and you don't tell me, yeah. I'm going to feel away. Mm. So it's like, for me, just communicate with me. I'm always going to support you. I'm your father at the end of the day. I'm, that's never going to change. And I'm always going to be there for you. Mm-hmm. Like you, God forbid, you kill somebody. I'm still going to say you didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to be like, hell no, yeah, not yeah, my yeah. kid. I mean, Jeffrey kid. Dahmer's dad was with him. Right, the whole so. till the end. There he really end, was, yeah. So... You know, I'm that type of father, but I'm more of a communication person. Mm-hmm. So communicate with me. That's why I like to check on my kids. Like, you know, if my girl's going on, on a date, they'll tell me, like, yeah, I went on a date. This dude was cheap. Like, oh, my God, really? Yeah. That's so, cute. I'm cool with that. Like, all right. So I'm like, you good, though, right? Like, they both got mace. 
They, you know, they know how to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. One is an MMA fighter. Mm -hmm. The other one is just feisty. So, and then the other, you know, the other ones are still young, so they're not even in that. Yeah. But. Yeah. All right. So we didn't do our word in a bowl. Thank you, Good Natalie. Job, Anthony. No. Macaroni. Oh, supposed you to be one. in charge. How am I supposed to be in charge? Of this? You gotta be whatever I lack. You gotta pick it up. <laughs> Partnership. Damn, bro. All right. Put, so put you're you the guest, so you get to pick. Damn. There's only a few left. Close your eyes. Don't look. One word. I don't think that's a word. All right, read it. No, read it. Go ahead. Oh. Men who are metrosexual. <laughs> what do you mean, Rodney? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. I'm joking. Uh, men who are metrosexual. All right, what is that? Like getting your nails done as a guy? Eyebrows? See, I don't have a problem with getting the nails done. I'm not a clear nail polish guy. You don't do the clear nail nah, polish. I, I know so many guys. Do. You do the clear nail polish. I can't do the clear nail polish. You do your nails? Yeah, I get manicures and, and pedicures. Yes. Do you do the clear? I do one coat. I don't do like the excessive where my nails look like glossy, like super, <laughs> like super crazy. Glazed donuts. Over Sometimes, here. but some some nail salons they do the buff where mm -hmm. you where it still comes out shiny, but they don't use the polish. Mm -hmm. I rather that because the the clear starts chipping. You feel like a chicken head. It looks dirty when it starts chipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can't like, yeah. Chicken head, like half your nail got <laughs> yeah, 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 clear on. Yeah, like a thought. <laughs> Anthony, you know my dad, right? Obviously. Yes. My dad is very. I don't want to say the word. He's old school. Okay. Let's just say that. Yeah, like he will never word. wear pink. He's one of those people. Like Real one of those men, men wear pink, pops. Okay. I Tell think him. so too. But one thing he always let me do when I was little, he would let me paint his nails clear. Okay. And I used to follow. And I was like, yeah. now that I'm older, I'm like. That's weird. Knowing how my dad is, yeah, because like, you, you were would his daughter. That's why. Yeah, but I don't know. Like it's weird. But I think guys should do. Um, I think I should do their eyebrows. Um, I don't do my eyebrows. Yeah, I, I ain't doing the eyebrows. Do eyebrows. Yeah, like my daughters will pluck. That's probably like at least right pluck. here. Yeah, they the only middle. do this part, but it's not even nothing there. They just do it out of habit. Like, they just like to groom me. If you, you don't have mind. a straight one eyebrow, then want. maybe you should. But, but even, like, to clean up, like, the furry parts. Nah, like, yeah, man, my shit just look like a bushwhacker, but Yo. I'm bald, so. Not bald, but, I, you know, I get a baldy, and I just. Do you get haircuts every day? I mean, every day, every, every week. Day. Um, Sometimes, I just, because I get a baldy, so it looks crazy if I don't. Have yeah, a yeah, yeah. Clean yeah. cut. What about your beard, though? My beard, I always clean up my beard. I have to. Yeah. Like right now, it's not cleaned up. I look crazy, but. But like before a party, obviously you would do it. Yeah, like every I say like Wednesday or Thursday, I'll get shaved up, or I'll do it at home. Do you do facials? I haven't got a facial in a while, but um, I used to. Yeah. To clean right. my pores because I'm always out smoking and drinking and yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. And sweating. Yeah. So I don't like to like I got sensitive skin, so I can't um, I can't use certain lotions. I had eczema when I was young, so I was like, gotta take care of your skin. I don't know if I should ask. Oh this. God, what? I just because <laughs> I just feel like, all right, is there anything that's too metrosexual for you that you won't do at is all? Is that what you wanted to ask? Was well, that I was gonna ask about like ask whatever you getting want to ask. waxed and stuff. Wax? I've never gotten waxed. That's wild. Do I? Do I? Do I wait, wait. Men, get, men waxed. get waxed where? No. What are They're we? I seen a joke waxed? on, yeah. on Instagram. Somebody a said they got a manzillion. That's wild. Yeah. But they have that. I would though. never do that. It's and not, like my late because nah, I get against hold people hold that want to do that. That's on you. Wait, 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 but wait, wait, wait. that's not my that's not my time. Right, so Since when the hell has that been a thing? It's always been a thing. Dudes getting their fucking they get wax. gooch I mean, waxed. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Their asshole. Everything. Everything. 
Yeah. That's wild. Asshole I mean, ass I'm pretty sure porn stars probably do it. Porn stars for sure. But yeah. my lady, I have, I get laser. And she says she gets a lot of men who get their area laser too. And it's just like, whatever. What the fuck? I don't see anything they wrong with that, though. They want a strip, some guys. Yo, that is <laughs> Yo, I don't that's see anything crazy. wrong with that. I feel like it's more hygienic to just, like, get rid of all that hair and just be, like, fresh. Bro, go get yeah. the manscape and just start the little manscape shaver. You better, you know what I'm saying? Nah, bro, you can't so be you out there. you wouldn't do wax or laser? You spread eagle while someone's giving you a yeah, fuck. Yeah, you gotta spread me, your good. cheeks. Nah. I don't, not for me. Not for me. No. Literally. <laughs> Nothing against it. That's what you want to do. If that's what you want to do, it's I not for me. I don't nah. mind putting in my own work. <laughs> Thank you. Right? You know what I'm saying? You trim your own hedges, bro. But nah. do y'all, a lot of men say that, and then y'all just leave it bushy for weeks at a time. Y'all never well, clean it, it up, and then you, you want know, girls to go and get to work, and it's nasty too. Well, yeah. it do you want a girl with a full bush? No, I don't we don't mind. want that shit I'm not either. scared of that. But what I'm saying is that sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you're just not expecting. You you never you might not be expecting fuck like this week or some shit. But then it just happens unexpectedly. Happens, yeah. All right, but what if you're in a relationship? You should be expecting it more often that you get it done more often or you do um, it. Yeah, I get that part. But, yeah. you know, sometimes you're in a relationship and you'd be like, well, it doesn't matter this time. Yeah, you already Whatever. saw everything. Thank God. Thank God my wife would, you know, I think she would tell me if my stuff is out of control. I think she would too. And, you know, not to put her business out, but she's a, a regular waxer. Oh, that's amazing. So she's always... She never yeah. asked you to do it for you? No. Okay. That's, <laughs> Yo. that's just awkward because it wouldn't get done. <laughs> Other shit will happen. That, that's that, that's <laughs> way too metrosexual for me. Like, really? I'm good. So nah, that's where y'all draw the no. line. I, well, I drew it before then. But <laughs> that's so a hell no. for sure. I would get my... my yeah. yeah, I would do that. No I'm not doing the, I'm not doing nail polish, though. I don't like clear okay. nail polish. But and you no know eyebrows. this. I'm just... You know, let your eyebrows be rough. Some things... You I'm like, cool with a... Like my eyebrows are thick, so for me I don't I don't care. Yeah. Okay. I don't have hair on my head, so that makes up for it. Yeah. And my that's beard. Fine. Absolutely fine. All right, let me do a little transition song. Oh man. All right. Okay, so let's get back to the toxic Thursdays. I want oh, you to man. come bring up the topic that you had asked your Twitch fans. Um so uh on Toxic Thursdays, I asked if you were dating somebody for six months, this relationship is getting serious, and you invite the person to Thanksgiving dinner, and, <coughs> excuse me, when you get to Thanksgiving dinner, you find out that the person you've been dating for six months is your first cousin. <laughs> How do you handle that? And uh, a lot of people said that happened to people they knew. Might have been them, and they, you know. Of course, it's always the, someone always, you know. I'm asking for a friend, quote unquote. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was a crazy topic because sometimes you meet your cousins young, and people move away, their families move away, they lose contact. Some parents stop speaking to their yeah whatever other side of the family, yeah. whatever, and it happens, you know. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of weird. Um. <clears throat> So, my sister dated somebody. Oh, shit. Why are you going to say her? This, really my, this was years Wait, ago. Wait, before you get into remember. that, though. Yeah, yeah. If that happened to you, would you continue the relationship if you're in love? I already gave you my answer. What was or, your answer? What, 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 I said, like, if we go to dinner and we find out we cousins, I'm telling her straight up, like, yo, 
we never fuck. Don't say nothing to nobody. Let's just keep this, and we just go our separate ways. I mean, if you really didn't, all right. Because you, oh, you, you, already, you already, you already fucked. You already smashed the shit. Fucked. So I'm okay. already like, nah, nah. This never happened. Deny. We just That's... never happened. Fuck it. We're in love. Fuck that shit. We like, love our family now. That's why you had Thanksgiving dinner. He wanted to let the family know, like, yeah, ready. See, take I'm such step. a hopeful romantic that if I'm in love, that's hard to end just like that. I didn't know. It's not like, all right, it's not like I purposely knew, oh, you're my first cousin. That turns me on that we're related, and that's why I want to fuck you or be with you. I did. I just thought you were a regular guy, and we started dating, and we fell in love. And now I'm bringing you, like, come on. I'm bringing you to meet my family. Obviously, you're important to me. So I don't know if it could just like, be over. I know the bad thing is if you have kids, because the main reason why people don't do it is because if we have kids, they could come out, you know, with problems. Is autism that true? Or, that's not always true. It could happen. It could be a possibility, but that's not always the case. So what's really keeping us from being together? Is that sick for me to say that? Yeah, I don't know if it's. <laughs> I don't know if it's sick. I'm just trying to think realistically. Because for me, I'm gonna be honest. When that thought came to my head, it kind of turned my stomach a little bit. Like, I just felt awkward, but you're a hopeless romantic, so... I think hopeful romantic. Hopeful, sorry. Because hopeless hopeful. is, like, no hope. Hopeful but I'm hopeful. Romantic, yes. Sorry. And I just feel like, yes, for sure, when you first find out it's going to be weird, we're going to have to talk about it so, and see how it is. Let me... So now this is the second part of the... Oh, there's more. Yeah, there's dun, always dun, a two-part question when I do these topics okay. now. Now, you guys found out your cousins... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Your family's outraged. They're like, what the hell? You guys are related. But when you guys leave the dinner and stuff and you go home, you find out you're pregnant. Mm. What's the next What's the next step? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the Christmas conversation. <laughs> no. So with, with that being said, tune in to Topic Thursdays. I mean, Toxic Thursdays when I do Twitch. But um, And I'm pregnant? Yeah, you find out you're pregnant. Man. At this age, and at 30 in, years old. Yes, you're in love. Like, y'all, like, ready to move in? It's like, how close are we, really? Y'all first cousins. Are, what do what's mean? first cousin, exactly? Like, like your mom's first, sister, like, brother. Not like brother. a third. Like, it's, like, if you're my brother and you have a son, yeah, and like, then. Yeah. Whatever. You, I, if your oh mother's. No, my child. Your mother's sister's kid is yeah. your first cousin. Oh, that's close. Yeah. That's, that's too that's close to home. Cousins. But I'm already pregnant. What am I going to do? That's, the, that's what I'm asking. I don't want to abort it. That's a touchy subject. But I, that's why the oh thing is toxic. Oh, my God. This is really making me Sounding think. Like yeah, stressed out, huh? I'm stressed. The least favorite podcast, Alabama but edition. But you know what? Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Alabama. For nice real. My sister, my sister dated somebody. Then I'm they sure. broke up. And he started dating his second cousin. People mm. always say second cousins. He said really second cousins. cousin, but he was like really that's in like love your, with this girl. It's like your friend from the third floor, they say. Like mm. it ain't like a real cousin. So that doesn't really so that's I not don't that know. bad. Depends. I never did I never did that. That cause a second cousin is what? A second cousin be like if your cousin has a kid, I think. It's like a like some shit like related that. but not directly. The, yeah. Like, not your mother's okay. sister's son. It's yeah. like is that your mother's cousin's son type Yeah, of shit thing. like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was their dynamic. He could not leave her alone. I think they're still together till this day. I think they probably have a kid together, too. Might have to have them on here. So, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, my sister would kill me. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's a lot to think about. What would you do as a guy, Anthony? Oof. Now she's pregnant. Mm. Now what? Damn. Well, I'm going to keep the baby. 
Fuck I guess it. I'm having a baby with my cousin and shit, cause fuck. If she wants yeah. to keep it, what are you gonna do? Like, Somebody in the, like so when I do the show, people chime in and um on on Twitch you could send like a DM, but it's called a whisper. Hmm. Somebody added a third piece to the question and was saying, What if one of the people that you know was in that relationship was told they can never have kids and the person is pregnant? So it's like, you know, oh like... Oh, my God. Y'all really trying to make this relationship work. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, it's like... It's just toxic questions, but they sent that in the whisper, and I'm like, damn, you guys are toxic as hell. They going in. I thought I was toxic. I'm keeping the baby. And we're going to have to figure it out. It. Even if we don't stay together, fine, because maybe it might be weird or whatever, but I'm already pregnant. Yeah. Fuck it. It is what it is. We just don't have to deal with it. We didn't know. We didn't purposely plan it out to be that way. It just... Ended up being like that, so that's it. Yeah, yeah. shit. Should happen. Fucked up situation, but um, mm. shit. All right, getting back to the business, <laughs> right? <laughs> what a transition, Ooh. Jesus! I wanted you to talk a little bit about like pros and cons of getting into business with friends. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's more of a benefit or more of a challenge? Um. The thing is, you got to know what friends to get in business with. Sometimes you get in business with friends to do them a favor. Yeah. And then sometimes you get in business with friends that you see that are ambitious. Mm-hmm. You got to know how to separate uh, which type of friend to get in business with. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the problem a lot of people have. And that's why the friendships go south or yeah. sour. Yeah. Um, a lot of people always want to look out for their people. And their people don't really have the best interests for them. Um, and I learned that the hard way. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you try to be loyal to who you came up with or people that are around you. And sometimes those people are not in your field mm-hmm. or they don't have the same ambition or drive as you. Yeah. Not saying that, you know, like, say, like, Rodney's my guy and he wants to DJ. If he's not taking the craft serious or, right. you know, putting in the work, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give him an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But if I see him like, yo, I'm coming out with you this week. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to study what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I want to learn. I want to learn behind the scenes. I want to do I, yeah. You know what? Yo, come on, bro. Even though you suck as a DJ, I'm going to give you opportunity because I see that you're hungry. Yeah. And I see that you want to learn. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you have more of a chance to making it than somebody mm-hmm. would just be like, let me do you a favor. Come make some money real quick. Right. It's like mm-hmm. a handout. Mm-hmm. So... You just got to separate the two. Like, some friends just need to be your friends. Yeah. And some friends you can actually break bread with. Have you ever been in a situation where, like... Because I was thinking about this, and it's always, like, when everything is good and y'all making money, it's like, oh, this is my bro. This is my friend. Like, we making money together. But then when it's time to, like, make a hard decision or let that person go, it's like, oh, but it's not you're not my bro anymore. Like, this is just business. Like, have you had... Like, now I got to do what I got to do for the business. So, like, yeah, you my bro, but... Yeah, it happens all the time. Like, but for me, I don't get emotional with business. That's the problem. Mm. People get emotional with business. You can't get emotional with business. Business is business. Like, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, this is how I feed my family. Mm -hmm. You have to respect that. Mm -hmm. And the same thing for you. If you don't take it serious, you know, there's people that want to make money... And, you know, they have a full-time job, but they don't take what situation I have going serious because they don't feel like it's a real job. Yeah. But you can make more money than your full-time job, mm-hmm. and you don't respect it. I'm going to just tell you, like, bro, this ain't working out. 
you're still my guy, but you know, I'm gonna move forward without you. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing personal, like you're still my guy, but we just can't do business. Yeah. Like I don't I don't get emotional with business at all. Like there's no room for it. Mm. I think that's good. That's why I don't I like including my friends and shit when I do things. Sometimes it's like I'd rather just do it by myself or make friends, not make friends, but make acquaintances in what With I what love you're because with your friends is always going to be something. It's always going to be and something. The they always too. take something personal. Right. And I, I would say this also. Um, a lot of people that you consider friends mm -hmm. are, always have like a, a hidden jealousy. Mm. Not always, not everybody, mm -hmm. but sometimes there is because they're not where they want to be. So, you know, sometimes that'll hold you back. Yeah. So it's better off to just keep them as a friend and not include them in your business because they're like, oh, you got that little podcast. Mm -hmm. You got yeah. that little business going on. You got that little. That little Everything word. is always the little. Ooh, the little. that kills me. Right. So it's like you're trying to belittle what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they're still stuck in a place when like nothing against you or what you said. No, of but, course. Yo, when am I ready? When can I start? <clears throat> yeah, when should yeah, yeah. I start? When should I? They mm -hmm. didn't start what they want to do, mm -hmm. so they're looking at you like you already kicked off what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you know, sometimes they feel some type of resentment or and they want to. Like it says, happened? not everybody. They could. They want to live. They want you to do it. They'll have a million ideas in their head. Mm -hmm. Like say, I want to be a DJ, and I know you. You're doing a set tonight. I'm like, yo, just play this song, play this song, play this song. I want to see how that's gonna work, mm -hmm. but I don't want. I'm scared to go up there and play it. Like, my damn self. Let you take that risk <laughs> to see how. Yeah. Let's see if you flop. Yeah, and then yeah, you know yeah. maybe I can come behind and then mm -hmm. Roger Coattails. And it's like, bro, God didn't put the fucking effort and make that yeah. risk. Just take that risk yourself. And that's yeah. that's the whole thing. Like, not everybody is willing to take a risk. And mm -hmm. if you want to be successful, you gotta take a risk. Like, if you don't take a chance. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be able to know if you could do it or not. Mm -hmm. Like you know, like it's like taking a shot at, at the hoop. How yeah. you gonna score if you never shoot the ball? Mm -hmm. you're failing not that bad. Yeah, I you mean, yeah. fail and you do right. it again. That's mm -hmm. it. Sure. What would you say is like the biggest lesson learned for you while you've been DJing, working, touring, artists you've met, conversations you've had? Like, what is something that you always take with you? Um. <clears throat> so. Um, I work with Ed Lover as well, uh, legendary, nice. legendary Ed Lover, and he's one of my best friends now. Um, I've been working with him for over 10 years, probably 15 years now. And something he always told me was never burn bridges and always stay humble. And that's something I always took with me. Mm -hmm. And like you said, uh, with friends in business. I didn't burn a bridge with them, but I, you know, straight up with them, like this ain't working. Yeah. Still my boy. And even with business, like if stuff don't work out, I'm able to part ways without burning a bridge or, you know, being a certain way. And I've always stayed humble. Mm -hmm. I never acted different. I don't act Hollywood. I live a very frugal life. I'm very approachable. Like, yeah, you are. Like, I don't wear tons of jewelry. I'm mm -hmm. not, I don't drive a fancy car. Mm -hmm. I live a very humble life because. Mm -hmm. I know tomorrow this all could go away. Yeah. And I want to be able to still be myself mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So for me, I've always stayed humble and I, I don't burn bridges. I try to keep relationships and build relationships. Mm -hmm. You know what I find too? The most, like, hood dudes be the most emotional dudes when it comes to like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like the dudes you think that's supposed to be like man up or like 
like hold it down. They be the most emotional ones, and they feelings the most when you just try to like part ways from it from them in a more mature way. Those are the ones that fucking and don't know how to react. That's the thing with uh, people like that. There's always a facade, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the shell is always harder than the inside. So yep. that's why I was saying, like you know, a lot of people are not always going to be happy for you. They're not always going to be, you know, um, happy that you're being successful. They want to see you do good, but not better than them. Yeah. yeah. So when you do surpass them, and when do you exceed their expectations? Mm-hmm. That bothers people because sometimes people are stuck in a space in their life where mm-hmm. they can't get past it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you want to move up. You want to make more money. You want to do this. Mm-hmm. You want to. But you can't because you don't take the shot. You don't take the chance. Yeah. And it's like no matter how much you tell them or you give them away or you tell them, hey, you could try this. You could try that. Like if they don't do it, you there's only but so much that you can do as their friend to pick them up. Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did have I have two more topics. One is I want the guy's take on this. So I want both of you to kind of respond oh, to this. Shit. So somebody wrote um, a letter and they wanted some advice. Okay. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it's a guy who wrote about his wife. So he said, I've been married to a woman for years. Recently, she revealed what she told me about her first marriage had been a complete lie. Worse to me, she refused to have a rational conversation about it, either together or in therapy. It turns out that rather than one affair with a married man at the end of a nine-year marriage, she had five different affairs with different men across the nine years. I have been shaken. I have no clear evidence that she's cheated on me, but there have been specific instances that have caused me jealousy, including a Happy New Year text on midnight this year when we were in bed from a colleague. When I asked about him, she refused to explain, and she said whoever it was made a mistake. When I told her to answer the text, she said it would embarrass the man. All that I believed we had has been challenged by her admission. I should say this is more the communication than the acts. She's always been a person who lives expedently rather than authentically. I know many people like this. They believe any white lie is better than the truth if it keeps balance in the, in the if it keeps balance and avoids conflict. That is the real cause of my anger. Um, much of the details are lost, of course, but I'm curious as to your reaction. Am I standing on solid ground? Or am I just letting like my fear take over my mind? Hmm. Shit. You wanna uh, go first or you want me to Um <laughs> Damn. I'll keep it super simple. When when you get to that point when you're questioning that much. That's a lot of different men, first of all. That that is, but I'm not I wasn't even gonna go there. I'll just he's so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's just crazy. <laughs> but he's so far gone um mentally, because he's got all of that in his head. Yeah. Everything she does, he's going to question now. Mm-hmm. How can you come back from that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't matter if it was one or a hundred. Mm-hmm. He already has it in his head now. She got a text message on New Year's. It could have been an accident. It could have been innocent, It could have been innocent. Just could have been a colleague maybe overstepping that, his bounds. Mm-hmm. But he's questioning why you don't respond back. Mm-hmm. So everything, like, where are you going today kind yeah. of thing? Why you put on extra lipstick to go to work or yeah. makeup? He's going to be thinking all this shit. He's too far gone at this point. Mm-hmm. Is no, there's no coming back. Like when you start questioning everything like that, it's done. To me, I think. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. I I agree with him on that. Um. Also, the thing is with the past affairs, he has to see how long ago it was. Mm. I don't know how long, how far. Oh yeah, she didn't how many say, years yeah, before. Didn't say. But, you know, maybe she was getting stuff out of her system. 
because she was in a bad relationship. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? Not not excusing the affairs at yeah. all, but it depends how long ago it was. Mm-hmm. That's one. Two. Don't be in a marriage that there's no trust. It will exactly. never work. Mm-hmm. Once the trust is like completely gone, of course people make mistakes. We're all human. Mm-hmm. You know, people flirt on text. People do different things, but. If you completely have no trust, you're not going to be happy ever. Mm-hmm. So either you're going to give her a chance to gain your trust back or you just need to get out. Yeah. That's it. Don't drive yourself crazy. Double dutching. Like, is she cheating? All right, we're happy tomorrow. Oh, shit. <laughs> Who texted? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, all right, nah. Yo, what's up? Why is your coworker, you know, at the end of the day, she could walk down the street and niggas going to holler at her. Exactly. You can't control that. But the question is, do you want to be there? Do you want to put that work in to make your relationship work? Yeah. Are you going to give her a chance, a clear-minded chance to mm-hmm. gain your trust back? Exactly. See, like I Without think, you being foggy about it. I yeah. think men, like you guys, would leave the minute there's like anything weird or you don't trust it. Women will still stay with the guy and still not trust him and still be questioning him. Yeah, but then, not but, me. Yeah, that's crazy. But what if you, like, so you go, you go out to dinner. Mm-hmm. The waiter is a little bit too friendly with me. You gonna be like, you know oh, how many girls are like that? Like why? But this is what I'm saying. Yeah, now you gonna be like, oh, why, like being, why are you so flirty? You that know happens her? all the time. Why you That's have to look crazy. at her like that? It happens more often where women. I'm not saying it's right, but women do stay in those type of dynamics anyway, and they just deal with it, and they drive themselves crazy, and they checking your phone all the time. They questioning questioning you whenever you go out with your boys. Right. Same shit. But men, you're like, y'all don't really have as much tolerance for that. It's like, I'm already feeling some type of way about this. I don't trust you. I'm for not me, fucking on my peace of mind. I'm going to be honest. I don't really worry about that stuff. But your girl has never given you a reason to worry. No, I mean, there's probably people that flirted with her that were supposed to be friends or mm-hmm. coworkers or whatever the case. But that happens in life. What are you going to do? Like, exactly. My wife is beautiful. She's a good-looking she woman. Is. Like, people are going to flirt with her. Like... Mm-hmm. You know, but at the end of the day, is she reciprocating it? Is she, you know, falling into it? Is she, you know, you just got to trust that she's going to have respect for you and mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, like, you can't live on on a, on a fence worried all the time because you will never be happy. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. You will never be happy. Yeah. I have one more. I hope we finish it in time. Last mm-hmm. topic. How has your perspective of masculinity evolved, like evolved, evolved from when you were younger to now? What did you think it was to be a man when you were younger versus now? For me, <laughs> do you want to go first? Nah, I'm ready. I'll let uh, you go first. For me, I've always pretty much had the same outlook on it. Uh, I'm a caretaker, and I've always felt like I got to take care of everybody who mm-hmm. I love, and especially my family. Um, I want to make sure everybody's good. I want you to do the least you have to do. Mm-hmm. I don't mind filling my plate and you not having to do anything. So I'm old school mm-hmm. as far as that. Like, I want to I want to pay all the bills. I want to make sure we got mm-hmm. the house. I want to make sure mm-hmm. you you got an oil change. I want to make sure you ate today. Aww, I want to so make sure you got money. I want to make sure you have the nicest things. Yeah. So that's how I think. I'm a, like, I'm, I don't know what you call it, but I'm like... I like to spoil people. Mm-hmm. I'm a. It's the nurturer? Leo in me too. A nurturer. Yeah, something. Oh, y'all like, both yeah. Leos. Oh, yeah, it's the Leo in me where <laughs> I feel like I always have to take care of everybody, mm. and that that goes to a fault sometimes though. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah, you try to be available and try to do what you can for people. Cause mm-hmm. I, I'm, either, I'm the same yeah. way a lot. Like I try to always do if someone needs something. I try to give them advice or yep. give them information, mm-hmm. however way I can. So I, I agree with that. How has it changed from when I was younger? I was way more ignorant with mm-hmm. stuff. Like I want to say, like I had like more of a toxic masculinity mindset when I was younger. Like, like it was just bad. Like everything was just like. Oh, like, like how we talking about the um, metrosexual kind of thing yeah. earlier? Like everything? Oh, nigga, that's gay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> straight gay. Like, yeah, nah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you plucking your eyebrows? Nah, that's some straight. Like, I had, like, the craziest warped mindset. I was a nigga from the hood. And that's the way I thought about stupid, like, ignorant way. Mm-hmm. Now it's more like what well, I was saying, you know, it's like, damn, how can I be there for the people that I love? And how can I help give them what I didn't have or yeah. provide? Those sort of things. Yeah. So that's what it's See, like me, like with that stuff, I grew up in an area where um, the neighborhood I lived in, there was gay people when I was young. It was fucking transsexual people. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, there was all type of people where, I, you know, I grew up where there was lesbian couples at every house party I went to. Mm-hmm. And it was normal for me growing up where I didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It wasn't a shock to me when all the other stuff started coming out over the last few years. When everybody's like, "Oh, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm yeah, transsexual, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm non-binary," call me this, yeah. call me that. You know, so it's yeah. like you do what you want, whatever makes you happy, and you know, it is what it is. I mean, but I'm I'm definitely a caretaker, and I've always been, you know, uh, the same mindset where the the man's supposed to take care of the house. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right, so real quick, because we got to get out of here. Um, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, you can catch me on every social media platform at DJ Omanaya, D-J-O-M-I-N-A-Y-A. Follow me, do a lot of parties. Um, I'm on Twitch every day of the week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, you won't be disappointed. It's a good vibe. <laughs> Even if you want to just listen to music, you can tune in. Uh and that's pretty much it. I'm on tour with A Boogie, um, the Sherry Shepherd Show, which is on Channel 5. Uh, you know, we're moving and grooving. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for thank coming. You. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Let me end it. It turned off already. <laughs>